0: Welcome back to the ScareStip Podcast. This is your host, Mike, and my co-host, Scott. How are you doing today, buddy?
1: I'm doing pretty good. Doing a decent middle of the day right now. I think we had a pretty decent day today.
0: Yeah, pretty solid day at work. Yeah. Um, I'm going to apologize in advance. I am uh, getting over some kind of a cold or something, so I kind of sound like dog shit. Um, and if I'm coughing through the, ex- the uh, episode, that's why.
1: Yeah, we so. both pretty sick this past week so yeah whatever happens happens but we're at the end of it I think it's like the last few days so we's <clears throat> not a little bit hoarse or we have to start smacking our throats it is what it is
0: we're not sick enough to have not gone and seen the 25th anniversary screen, uh, screening of screen though
1: did you did you feel like you were gonna cough in the theaters That would get like or like be sniffly or shit
0: oh I was so
1: cause I I, I was very self-conscious about that
0: I was trying to breathe through my mouth as much as possible, and I, um, I repeatedly put my finger on my nose because I was going to sneeze.
1: There's, uh, there's, like, people in behind you, they see you, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, is he in labor?
0: Like, <laughs> No, I, I was just there, like, <laughs> like, I was just like, I did not want to, I did not want to, I, I did that and I did that I had to do that more than once because it was just too much and I almost sneezed like five times my eyes were watering throughout like most of the middle act of the movie and I yeah. feel like someone could have turned to me and I was going like this and they're gonna be like wow oh, it's not that good of a movie you know just like, yeah. yeah I was just sitting there like oh my god I look like I'm crying or you know,
1: like uh, yeah I, look, I met Ashley's uh, one of our friends from high school and and one of their, uh, their boyfriend. And she, uh, Ashley's like, oh, are you gonna shake their hand? I was like, I don't really feel comfortable doing it because, like, I feel like I'm sick or whatever. Like, well, if you don't do it, you think you have like, COVID or something. I'm like, well, I don't have COVID, but, you know, I still don't want to get somebody sick even knowing I don't have COVID. So yeah. the entire time there, like, I'm doing my best to, like, not cough, not, like, shoot, like, phlegm or anything. And I'm just like... I was like going it is nice to meet you and then my voice was like it's nice to meet you because there's like no power yeah. to
0: it yeah like that whole day before I went because my, my girlfriend had uh she, she left to I think she went to she went to Six Flags and uh I was talking to her the whole morning before because I, I saw it at 3 you saw it later at night you saw it like 7 yeah um I was talking to her, and and I kept on, like, breaking up. My voice kept on falling apart, and she was just like, oh, no. <laughs> she was sick of me I'd be like, I was a fucking sick dog.
1: Yeah. yeah. It, it was a tough experience. When I was at the theater, I'd take enough medication where I don't think it was that bad, but the dinner before going to the theater, they, they both had to go to the bathroom, and the second they did, I took my napkin, I started shooting, like, as much snot in there as possible. <laughs> I started pounding my chest, coughing, everything. I'm like, I have to get this all out. I, 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 it was so tough. I felt like one of those people, like, in a TV show when they're trying to pretend they're they're somebody they're not. Yeah. And that's how I felt that entire dinner. I was like, oh, man, I'm so broken, but whatever
0: yeah the whole the whole screening I was like holding everything back I had to cough a couple times I couldn't avoid it one of them was because I inhaled a kernel of popcorn Though, I will totally admit that but uh it triggered a coughing fit of the other variety so it was what it was but I tried to hold as much of it in as soon as I got to my car I ripped my mask off and I was just like sniffling like crazy and I think I sneezed violently it's just like I held that the entire time it was that was not fun I haven't been that sick in a while. It's been quite a while since I've been sick.
1: Yeah, so, well, you can tell Josh for thanks for getting both of us sick. Yeah, fucker. Um, but the movie that we're talking about that we had an unpleasant experience with is the movie Scream, which is what we're covering today on the podcast.
0: Well, the overall experience I had was actually really pleasant, but the sick part was not the best part.
1: Well, I'm not talking about the actual film, but just nobody wants to be the one being noisy in a theater.
0: Especially during a pandemic. <laughs> yeah. When you're sitting, go. Oh, we're
1: that. Like, I. That's how I, I felt so bad about that in the, the restaurant because I'm coughing. <gasps> I'm like, people are gonna think I have fucking COVID because I'm coughing.
0: Now, that was my big thing was I was sitting there. And I'm like, someone's gonna fucking go get an usher and they're gonna kick me out. <laughs> they're gonna
1: think, like, oh my god, this
0: guy has COVID. He's gonna spread yeah, that. Like blood. I
1: know I don't. Like if you took my temperature, it would read that my temperature is not high, which is yeah. a, a prime thing, thing that is usually yeah. connected to COVID. So I, I knew I was. It wasn't that, but I just. Didn't want people to get in their head and stare at me during my dinner. I would have taken my yeah. fucking burger and thrown it at them, and said like, "I'll I'll get you sick, dude! If you keep fucking looking at me."
0: Yeah. You saw it in a. We didn't see it together. No. How was your experience as far as the crowd was concerned?
1: There was only maybe two, three other groups of people there, and they all sat in a close proximity. Nobody was noisy. Nobody complained. I went there as a group of four with me, and my girlfriend. My girlfriend's friend and their significant other and that yes. was that was decent so i i had a good enjoyable experience i wasn't noisy in the theater thankfully um yeah it wasn't a huge crowd but i to be completely honest there's not been many films i've seen in theaters lately that's been over 50 people
0: yeah my crowd was pretty decently sized i wouldn't say it's, it was near 50 people but it was pretty decent for especially the size of the theater because i saw it not like a stadium seating like it was a pretty big theater and uh, there's a decent amount of people we were all laughing having a good time none of us were being disruptive or anything so we, we were all having a good time yeah, I mean we, I, most I, I of us had all seen the movie well. yeah I did have someone next to me who, as, as the movie was over I was telling you about this today they took their girlfriend apparently they drove quite a distance to see this and their girlfriend had never seen the movie and, and they're like I drove you all the way over here to see this movie and you know, this movie sucks and you wanted to see it so badly I drove you over here. And I'm like, Why'd you why'd you come and see it? Why did you show this your why'd you hype this up to your girlfriend and tell her to come see this with you if you know you don't like it? <laughs> like uh I could it was, was, I, I was kinda funny film. listening to them though.
1: I would see a film I don't like in theaters if it's still a cool experience though. Like if they had yeah. the first Friday the thirteenth in theaters, I would watch that in theaters.
0: Yeah. I mean it, there's there's a difference to like he, it's not, the way he was talking is just like I hate this movie, and like hearing him talk about like the, the parts about it that he doesn't like is like he he definitely did not have fun watching this movie with us. And she's like, okay, I mean, I can I can have a decent enough time watching Friday the Thirteenth.
1: Well, I I but. mean, as we're gonna find out during this episode, I have my
0: I know you problems, problems
1: with this film, and I still sat down and watched it. Yeah.
0: Well, it, it was different. It sounded more like he had nothing to, good to say about the movie. So I was just like, "Why are you?" Coming well, this
1: movie? I think this—it's yeah. a great film, but the things I'd have to speak about, it would come off like I really don't like the film. Yeah. Like as we're gonna discuss about this, like it, it's already, a great movie. It, your, it is a great movie, but the script almost makes it not a great movie sometimes, and it really takes it away. Like when I left the theater, I said. Do I feel any differently about the film? No, I just feel stronger about the things I like and, and stronger about the things I dislike.
0: Yeah, we previously in in another episode discussed uh, how you feel about Scream, especially because of how it changes the face of the 90s horror. Yeah. Um, so, For don't, have to, don't have to bury the lead that much.
1: <laughs> no, we... I, I mean...
0: We know you're not a big fan of meta-related things.
1: See, that's not true though. Like, I, I think it's all about like how you handle situations. It's the same Yeah, but, reason, 90, like...
0: but 90s meta...
1: I'm just not a fan of 90s films. <laughs>
0: yeah, oh well, yeah, but 90s meta... Is, there's, a, there's a certain flavor to 90s meta, especially post-screen.
1: So, so, this film is very synonymous with how it metatextually takes films from the 80s and addresses those cliches. Whereas, Fright Night is a film from the 80s that metatextually explains cliches from mostly hero- hammer horror in that era. Yeah. And the way Fright Night handles its metatextual stuff, I genuinely love. But the way Scream handles it, I genuinely hate. But those two differences pretty much come down to the decades. Because Scream handles things in a way a dialogue could only be delivered in this time period. If Scream was written and made as a film nowadays, it, it wouldn't be discussing slashers, first of all. So I don't know why you'd do it, but it, it's just, it would be better written. I don't think Kevin Williamson's writing is bad. I think he's an adapt writer. It, it's just that in this time period, he wrote a film that was made for the 90s, discussing yeah. metatextual stuff that the 90s would discuss it in that way. And that's why I yeah. can't stand it.
0: It's a very of its time movie. Yes. But I also love how of, how of its time it is. I I love the the meta stuff in this. I I don't like the the wave that this movie created. I I don't like a lot of the stuff that came after this. Yeah. But uh, I you, think but that you
1: can't hold it this film the same way you can't hold the no, saw, it, You can't hold it to Halloween.
0: Yeah, it's not it's not like you can sit there and say Kevin Williams and you never should have wrote this good movie.
1: Yeah.
0: Because people after you were gonna trace the trend that you started. It's the same thing with Halloween. Yeah. Like, the same thing with any any trend setting horror movie. It's just like it's gonna it's gonna be good. It's gonna be well received. It's gonna be financially successful. And then other people are gonna say, "Well, I want to try to do that too," but they're not gonna be as good at it, for the most part. And I, I, you know, I don't I don't like that stuff about it. But I think that as far as this kind of meta horror, I don't think in this era anybody touches how, how good this is.
1: In the nineties, no.
0: No, I wouldn't even say even I, I mean getting even getting the stuff like like Cabin in the Woods, which is, is definitely not directly connected to this, but definitely has uh, the DNA of something like this. Like this is way better than that, too. Like I, I think that it comes down to the fact that it's it's directed by Wes Craven, who is a phenomenal director, who I think reigns in this could have been a lot crazier than it even is. Yeah, I think that he, as a, as a director, reigned in a lot of the crazier antics that we could have gotten.
1: I, I think that's kind of my polarizing feelings on the film because I think... Like, it sounds rude to say, but if this film was on mute, I would like it more. Because... <laughs> not because, like, characters are annoying. Like, I just don't like the way the dialogue flows and the narrative is about metatextual humor. But the way... Craven directs the film, it's so strong. Like, his direction is really good. The way he sets up shots so you could pick up on things going around in the background or things following suit. Like, his, his direction is great. When he's just directing a horror film or just directing teenagers interacting, it's a really good directed film. I just don't like the dialogue in the film, which he did help uh, Williamson with the screenplay it he, he wasn't yeah. just him he did yeah, of course he did assist in it but when I had watched the film years ago I did not realize there was this many references to movies in it but this last watch from seeing it in theaters I'm like there has to be a fucking different movie named up every five to ten minutes and I felt like every single time and it's like this is a movie mm-hmm but if these were real, there's no fucking way all of these kids, these teenagers that are 17, have seen all these fucking horror flicks. Like, there's no fucking way. And they're still, quoting I, it like nothing. It's like, oh, yeah. You know.
0: I still think that the bulk of the the actual movie referencing, it does come down to mostly Randy.
1: And he it, works it, in, the really? in,
0: the, in the video store. So...
1: But, like, I had thought that before the film. It's like, Randy does that. It's, it's his character. But, like, they mention uh, Dreaded Sundown. Randy's not the one that mentions that. Yeah. They, they continuously mention other films. Uh, Psycho gets mentioned multiple times by Billy. And, like, if Randy does it, Randy just talks about the rules. And, and you know, whatever. I hate the rules, but... Those rules establish things that are supposed to be cliches that this film goes out of its way to say it doesn't matter. This is an hour movie, which in a way narratively works for this movie. But in the same time, it feels like it's saying I'm so fucking smart and I don't like that.
0: I don't think that it, that it is inconceivable that these people watch these movies considering that they're, what, 17 Yeah. in the 90s. They're seventeen at that point. in nineties. Especially stuff with like like stuff like the Town the of the dreaded sundown and all these movies. Like they're they're movies that, you know, they're still kind of in the consciousness because they're only about fifteen, you know, maybe twenty years old. It so just, it I, I don't think that's that because
1: it boggles me because some of these characters talk like they don't like horror films, like the main character. Some of them seem like they're they don't think much about it, like when Rose McGowan's character says, oh, it's like a Wes Carpenter flick, which, which that line is supposed in universe,
0: to, It's an in universe joke.
1: It, yes, obviously, but that line is supposed to say, like, she doesn't really follow these films. Well, no, because the whole point is that. She doesn't know who the a, fucking directors actually are.
0: No, the whole point is that the director, there's a director named Wes Carpenter because they can't have. There's no Wes Craven or John Carpenter. Well, universe. there
1: has to be a John Carpenter.
0: Well, yeah, there's Halloween.
1: Yeah, Halloween gets referenced a lot in the movie.
0: But they're not going to have Wes Carpenter. Also, because... they
1: have Wes Craven gets mentioned because they mentioned Nightmare on Elm Street, too.
0: They, they mentioned Nightmare on Elm Street, but it's kind of like in, in um Halloween 3, where it's just like, this. these movies kind of just exist in the universe. But they're not like...
1: I mean, they have to know those... I, I take it as she just fucked up two people in Miss remembered the names because she doesn't know the movies that well probably I, th- I think that's the way it's supposed to be taken because she's the quote-unquote archetypal bimbo blonde yeah and she's not supposed to be all that knowledgeable but, but she's wh- also name dropping sh- a ton of these films like it's just weird i i don't she know
0: she doesn't she doesn't name drop that many she names dropped the, the she, the she said like, oh sundown. i've seen that
1: film or i've seen that as well or whatever yeah but she I doesn't sit like...
0: make continuous references to them Again, like this is a movie that came out during the VHS generation. this stuff all to me to me all that makes sense. None of them are as as eccentric about it as Randy is. Randy because Randy has no life and works in a video store. like they're casual references and these are things that we not me and you, but things that people in our generation do about movies from our generation or our, our more recent past. I don't think that it is really that ridiculous. Is it annoying at times? Yes yes it is
1: oh it's annoying particularly I think, I, I, think
0: I think the stuff with um, like we, we we talked about it today at work the um, we all go a little mad sometimes makes me roll my eyes every time
1: yeah the line. Itself it wouldn't make, it wouldn't make I, me
0: roll my eyes nearly as much if he didn't say normal bait psycho like we did yeah. all already and know then that.
1: again quote psycho right after that about saying did normal baits have a motive like yeah dude shut the fuck up
0: yeah, I mean, I guess the whole point though is that he, for some, he thinks that life is a movie. I mean, he even says it to Sydney himself, and he's so wrapped up in justifying what he's doing based upon the movies he has seen, and him even saying that the reason why we know what to do—they say oh, uh, horror killers, horror movies don't make killers; they make killers smarter. And it's like these are people who are fucking nuts, who. You know, I, I don't th- I don't find all that to be that crazy, but the one the one thing where he has to he feels the need to explain that it's by Norman Bates, in Psycho like, oh, that makes me roll my eyes, every time. That one always gets me. It's just like that's unnecessary.
1: I, I think it just comes down to like when it's adding up, like if it's a same with American, uh, not American Psycho, sorry, American Werewolf. American Werewolf has references to Lon Chaney's Wolfman. There's only two or three in the entire film. Yeah. And it's referencing a wolf film, which makes sense, you know, it exists in the universe, but it never feels like it's being mentioned every time they talk about a wolf, you know, it's not shoved down your throat. So like, that's why I like those mentions. And I think it's cool to have name drops in that film versus the howling. Where it feels like every 5 to 10 minutes something is wolf related. There's another fucking wolf pun. They talk about wolf this, werewolf that. A werewolf movies on the TV. This, this yeah. guy had a book by Jack Wolf or whatever. Yeah. When things are being too constant in your face it feels like this meta-textual stuff is taking you out of the narrative of the film. And that's why it's tough for me to feel like I'm having fun with this film and then I have another fucking thing thrown at me. Like, I love the the ending when Stu and Billy are talking to Sydney. But when they keep bringing up movies in it, I'm like, can we just keep this being about her fucking mom? Like, stop talking about movies for five fucking minutes. Like, I know I'm watching a movie. I get it. I know these guys watch a lot of fucking movies and they're crazy. I get it. Just keep it about the fucking mom. Like, all the time, it's no, 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 don't blame the movies on this. It's like, dude, just some of this dialogue. Just rip it right the fuck out. Fast forward it. Get to the cool shit, please. Because it's it's so well-directed. Like, it's so well-acted. I think... I think Skeet Ulrich does a great job as Billy. I think Wes Craven does a good job with the direction of these characters and everything's going well. It's just the dialogue really just takes me out of it because it's it's just so referential and it's so annoying to me personally.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like this movie would be completely gutted if you did that.
1: I, I would just tone it down. If people would not enjoy it that much, that, you know, whatever. I... I have a hard time enjoying this film with it being so referential. It would be a stronger film if I didn't feel like it was the annoying kid on the bus who's trying to tell me, no, I definitely like comic books. These are the three I own, and I know everything about these characters, and they keep telling me about this shit over and over again. Like, dude, I don't fucking care. Like, this movie is that annoying kid on the bus to me, where it's like, I, I why are you trying to talk to me about this? Like, I... Just don't talk
0: to me. To, to me, this is this is Kevin Williamson and Wes Craven venting frustration over the the way that Hollywood and critics have viewed horror movies for decades. And the whole point of all the references is to build to the crescendo where we get to the whole the rules thing and they fuck every single one of them. I think that's the point of the whole thing. That's just how I read into it, and that's why it doesn't bother me. It's because they're just venting their frustration.
1: I would understand that if it just didn't come off so in your face. That's just the 90s. It is, but no, it's is, not an excuse. It's just
0: the '90s. I'm yeah,
1: like it's 90s, so. It's the same way. It's like the '80s can be cheesy. It's like it's just the '80s, or like the '70s can take things a little too seriously sometimes. So you know, I, I understand why these films come out in these decades and why you have to put it in perspective. Like, like I, I know this film functions so much like a film that came out in its decade, and I, I get that. And that's why I can let it kind of slide for a majority of it. But it seems like every time I'm just like, whatever, man, it's just of its time. Then another thing hits me again, it's like I, I already fucking let it slide, dude. Stop fucking bugging me. And yeah. then it's like, alright, I'll let him go again. And then he hits me again. It's like you keep fucking punching me, dude, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna get mad.
0: Yeah, I mean it's a it's a matter of personal preference.
1: Oh yeah, how much is too much per person, you know?
0: Yeah. So like,
1: I, I can't say it's a bad movie. Like It'd be easy for me to sit here and say, like, I think Scream sucks, it's, it's badly made, the, uh, the fucking story doesn't hold up, but I can't do that. It's it's just one of those cases where, like, this is a really good movie, it's a lot of fun, and I like the killers, I like the, the final girl, I like all the characters for the most part, they're at least, if they're not well developed, they're at least fun, it's just the dialogue really just takes me out of it, and, I, and that's the only real issue and it comes off like constant bitching like, well, you seem like it's a big issue it is a big issue, but like if this film was gonna be like a 9.5 out of 10 it'd still be a 7 out of 10 or a 7.5 out of 10 it's still a great fucking movie for me it's just, if some of those things were toned down it'd be easier to digest is, is all it is yeah I get that
0: yeah, it, I mean, ninety-five percent of the the references don't really bother me, but there are a couple that do. Just like, oh, okay, cool. I mean, whatever. We're gonna we're gonna go there today. You know, some of them some of them are a little like I find some of them funny, but when I think about them in retrospect, I'm like, that's kind of dumb. Yeah. You know, like like the um the scene where 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 Randy's on the couch drinking and watching Halloween, and he's yelling at the TV. You know, look behind you, look behind you, look behind you and ghost faces behind him and a lot of yeah. stuff and it's just like okay yeah okay it does lead to you know the whole 30 second delay camera thing is cool
1: I, I yeah. like that
0: that stuff's I, cool almost
1: all the stuff I, I think seen is very good
0: I think if he said look behind you like three times less it wouldn't be a problem but it's just like he, he keeps saying I know he's drunk I know he's drunk but like yeah eh, you could have trimmed that a little bit I like there's a lot of very very smart things about this movie from just like Divorcing ourselves from the meta part for for a minute, yeah. Just like pure direction, um, pacing, and Build uh, up, yeah. Suspense. I mean, like the first the first entire the entire first sequence, which you know now is, is a been parodied to death in movies, even within the scream franchise. Um, if you just take that scene on its own as a short movie, it is insanely well made Yeah, and it's kind of funny because I was listening to I've been listening to um, the Taking Shape book which is about the, the making of the Halloween franchise and obviously Kevin Williamson went from this which was super duper successful over and did work on uh, Halloween H2O he did a, a uncredited rewrite of dialogue I believe but also the, the editor of this movie Patrick Lussier went over there too and he was discussing how the first time when they turned in the dailies for the opening sequence the Weinsteins lost their mind and said you're just, you, you don't know how to direct Wes Craven you're terrible, what the fuck is this movie that you're making and then they had Patrick Lussier come in and re-edit this movie and it completely changed the, the scope of how the, sequ- how the sequence works and it really does nail home how important editing can be and how it can really change a scene and how it plays for people um, funnily enough, Patrick Glassier would go on to have a pretty strong career in horror. You know, he directed like the My Bloody Valentine remake and a couple of other really big uh, horror films. So he, he learned at the feet of the master, Wes Craven. So it's pretty cool. But uh, from frame one to the credit, and it's like a ten minute sequence, I think, if not maybe a little bit longer. It is just.
1: I don't think it's longer than ten minutes.
0: It, it feels like it's at it least. Feels I, I would long, say it's ten. I think
1: minutes. it runs pretty well paced.
0: Yeah, I feel like it's probably about ten minutes, but they do the whole. I, I used to think that they they try to bait and switch you and make you think that Drew Barrymore is the main character. They, I mean, they kind of try to with her, her on the poster.
1: I think they do but in the, the movie. They, they, they don't do, really. They they only do because of the build before the like in the film they don't but yeah but when I, on my screening I watched marketing. it I, I got there like 30 minutes early they showed yeah. the trailer she's in the trailer more than Sydney
0: yeah it, they, it, they, like the marketing is, is all about that like it yeah. people compare it to the way that they handle it in Psycho where it's completely different yeah like she really is treated as the main character yeah. for half of the movie no not half of the movie like 25 minutes of the movie and here it's it's more so like everyone went into the movie expecting Drew Barrymore to be the main character and then as soon as you get to do you like scary movies it's instantly like oh she's toast
1: it's more comparable to so, Tina if anything yeah
0: and um, that's fine yeah. because as soon as as soon as you hear the voice on the other line on the, on the other side of the phone it is instantly it's instant unease because something's wrong something's just just wrong about the voice and, uh, I can't remember the name of the voice actor who plays the voice of Ghostface, but...
1: It's, um, Jackson. I think it's like yeah. Roger Jackson.
0: He is so good. He is so fucking good. But, uh... I always... I'll go through that sequence. It is It is always heart in your throat. And... Barrymore's yeah. great. Roger L. Jackson. Yeah, he's... he's I mean, he does, he does it for all four. I'm sure he's probably doing it for five. But, um... It is consistently, you know, Wes Craven building and building and building and building and building until they hit a crescendo. Every time I see the opening of this movie, it never fails to not just make me very tense, but actually emotionally move me towards the end, especially the performances by the parents. Don't remember the actors' names, but they they are—they're barely in the movie, but they are so believable. In the reaction that they feel hearing Barrymore's character dying on the phone and then finding her body. It is so raw. It's not like a lot of the stuff that's in the movie.
1: No, it's a very different uh, tone.
0: It's a harsh
1: opening. I'd almost say, like, I like Matthew Lillard a lot in the movie, but his character is never serious. Absolutely never. Yeah, no. Not one scene is he ever depicted where he's being straight. I would almost like it. I mean, the shit he says at the end is so fucking funny. Oh yeah, I I love that shit. It's so good. I would almost like it better if when he was just playing fun or having a good time when he's in front of people, and when he's revealed to be a killer, he was actually like calculated, slow, stern. Like that'd be cool.
0: It, it does really demonstrate. I, I think that Matthew Lillard toes a, a a very specific line in the movie where yeah. it is he is being very big with his performance towards the end, especially.
1: It's very intentional.
0: Yeah, it's it's a very big performance, but I would say he rides this line between being really funny and also being completely deranged. <laughs> like his, especially because of the way that he views this whole situation to begin with. It's like a game. More so than Billy. Like Billy's Billy's taking this like this is like a you know, I'm I am crazy and I am going to murder everybody, but he has like a, a like a, a genuine like anger to him. Whereas Stu is just like, if this never happened, kind of just following Billy around.
1: I always look at him as like the type of um, the person that He's clearly very popular, very cool. People the like doofus. him, but like at the same time, it's like the rush. Like, what's the, what's the biggest high? Like, yeah. Like, and just, like he, he, he he feels like he can get away with it. Is the thing. Like he feels he like just, he's on top of the world.
0: He's not registering the. He's also I feel like he just doesn't register the seriousness of what's going on. Yeah. Um. Obviously, there's two killers. Yeah. So, he does kill at least somebody uh but it, it seems like he doesn't he does, he disassociates <coughs> the seriousness of that because he thinks that this is fun
1: I actually so I mean clearly this isn't even gonna try to be preventative for spoilers we're gonna be very we never do
0: so uh,
1: we, we have been for the last two we've been trying our best
0: yeah I mean we for, for well, not the exorcists. last
1: two the, the ones that are come out next right? I said. Yeah,
0: yeah I doesn't say the exorcists we definitely were not very uh Consciousness.
1: Yeah, 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 There are three kills, I, I'd say, in the film. Really. There's
0: Casey at the beginning. No, there's there's four. The boyfriend.
1: Kills. There's okay, yeah. So Casey, principal. the boyfriend, the principal, uh the girlfriend, Tatum. Tatum. And then the
0: Technically Billy and Stu
1: The fucking camera guy.
0: Camera guy, Billy and Stu
1: Yeah, I'm not I'm, I'm not counting if, them if I'm, you're I'm counting them counting as get killed by the killer yeah okay so yeah. there's five mm. yes
0: yes, yes. The principles of reshoot
1: so there's five who do you think kills who oh
0: I have no fucking clue <laughs> I don't
1: know just just try <laughs> uh, to think about it with the way the film film builds I don't believe Stu kills his girlfriend
0: yeah Billy kills Stu because Billy's not at the party yet what well, not at, Billy's not at the party yet when, when Tatum dies yeah Billy's not she, not, she, she hasn't shown up yet Billa, yeah Billy Billy definitely kills her yeah it's kind of funny because they're not like the same height so you'd feel like you'd be able to to kind of tell because um Matthew Lillard's not a short guy he's, he's
1: no he's fucking 6'6 fucking he's fucking tall so like tall as shit
0: you think you'd be able to tell six, I think that they they four, genuinely six, use the four. same I think they genuinely use the same stunt man for all the kills so you didn't know who it was so they cheat a little bit because i don't remember him being very tall i remember him being pretty average height i don't remember him being like really tall because like you'd know if instantly if you saw he's the only fucking person in the movie who's even close to that tall yeah. so like if you, if you ever saw a ghost face looking like he's six foot six You know instantly it's Stu.
1: Well, I would think that because it's such a loose costume, maybe he kneels.
0: Maybe. I don't know. But it it would seem like it would be something that they would have to cheat around because of Matthew Lillard's height. Yeah. Because he's just too tall.
1: I think it's insinuated that most of the kills are done by Billy.
0: I think most of them are by Billy as well. Yeah. I think if anything, maybe um, Stu kills the principal. Like more innocuous things. Things that are not super... Serious?
1: You think the the final chase with Sydney is is with Billy?
0: Mm, with the camera
1: guy getting killed?
0: I wouldn't be surprised if it's both of them, because he does kind of pop up around. But but then Billy has to be upstairs to come back downstairs as well. So I think that once they go outside.
1: Wait no, it it has to be Stu doing the chase.
0: Some of it, though. No, Some because of he's it.
1: still up. Yeah, he's still upstairs.
0: Yeah, but with all the things that are going on, he can get back inside and go back upstairs.
1: I think that'd be very convoluted to to make that work.
0: I don't know. I because because then Stu appears out of nowhere too, and then Billy. Well, that's appears the whole out of point. Is that um? You know,
1: Randy says that he is the killer, so yeah. I would assume Randy saw him get out of costume.
0: Maybe, or Randy's also, you know, he's saying, well, there's two of us out here, and she's going to think well, at least one of us is a killer, so Maybe. I'm going to say it's definitely Stu. I'm throwing yeah. Stu under the bus. Especially after the, the, the video store scene, where Stu was kind of, like, goading him on, and then Billy came up to him and was yeah, I don't him understand him. why
1: Randy fucking, because Stu is a fucking asshole to Randy the entire time. Yeah. He's just a fucking dick. It's really... He should not be his friend.
0: That's why, like, Randy, Randy would definitely throw Stu under the bus instantly, because they're not friends, really. No. They all hang out together. It's kind of funny. Like, Randy is, like, the outlier, like...
1: He's just there. Yeah. He's so more inconsequential to this it's, film it's more, that I remember. It,
0: it's more so, like, Sydney likes Randy. Like, like is friends with Randy. Out of everybody, fr- like, she's easily the nicest person. But, yeah, like, Stu especially and Billy like they bully him they straight up bully yeah, him yeah granted, granted he does definitely very loudly in the in the video store scene just say Billy's the killer yeah so yeah if he Billy was like a the killer. killer is that is that the face of a killer or what it's like yeah that's that's kind of the thing when i watched this movie for the first time when i was like 15 i was like when 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 Billy gets stabbed i'm like oh man so he wasn't the killer because there's still doubt at that point. So I'm like, oh, he wasn't the killer, so it's somebody else. It's like Stuart Randy or something. It's gonna be something crazy like that. And watching it now, I don't know how anybody could think it's not Billy. I think he's very. I think that. Okay, so actually, I'll take. I'll, I'll walk this back a little bit. I can see someone saying <clears throat> they're laying it on so thick that he must be a red heron. Yeah. I can see that maybe it's because again like I know he's the killer but, like it, it just plays like he's just like he's not he's not hiding this very well yeah I think actually if you take out a couple key lines I think it's better like when 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 he's talking to her and in the school like at the stairwell and she's saying like yeah no I don't believe it was you blah, blah 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 they they found this this or this and he's like see it couldn't have been me it's just like now you're overcompensating. She already said she doesn't think it's you. Yeah. So it feels like you're, you're like trying to cover your ass, but what you're really doing is exposing your ass more. So, if you take stuff like that out, and he does it more than once, and it also he gaslights the shit out of her in this movie. Yeah. Especially about her mother and him, her not feeling comfortable having sex and all that stuff. Like It's just like, he's clearly not a great person. So
1: Yeah, but they've been in a relationship for a long time, it seems like.
0: Yeah, but it's it's played it's, out it's more to certain. be
1: like years, and like he's—I don't know—that's a very real conversation that you could have with somebody.
0: I think it's—he's like frustrated. Real, so I think it's a very real conversation to have. I do think that the manner in which it is—I ha- mean, whatever—they're teenagers. Maybe I can see it happening that way, but I, I cannot imagine having that conversation with someone and telling someone to get over the fact that their mother died. Like, I—I I, I can't imagine that.
1: No, but like at the same time,
0: I get being frustrated. Like I understand yeah,
1: that part. It's just it comes off rude in the dialogue, but like it's supposed to be rude. I feel like he he's an asshole, but he's an understand. Like it comes from a place of understanding. And that's why she talks to Tatum, being like, "Well, I get where he's coming from."
0: Like, yeah, I I mean I also I get that, but I, I think, also
1: I think the dialogue between the relationship stuff is actually pretty good for a '90s film, so especially. Good.
0: I think some of it's good. I just think that, like, when you... Especially because it's in the same scene as the whole, like... See, it couldn't have been me. It's just, like, it, it yeah. doesn't make him look better. And, and to me, it does not help shift blame off of him. Like well, he, he also
1: he... was in prison.
0: <laughs> yeah, of course.
1: I, I mean, it, say I wasn't a serial killer. My girlfriend had presumably put me in prison because she assumed I was a serial killer. And at the same time... We are not having sex. We've been together for a few few years. I will also be like, yeah, I'm not a killer, and you won't fuck me. I don't get what the point of this is. Like, I, I get the
0: frustration <laughs> aspect to it. I, I don't I know understand if I'd be more that.
1: frustrated than spending a night in jail, and I'd be like, you know what? Maybe I will tell her that her fucking mom is heading to get over it. I went to jail! Like,
0: <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I get the frustration aspect, but I, I think that, again, the whole, like not just the whole like well see it couldn't have been me but also the way it's delivered
1: it's the delivery I, I will like 100% he, say the delivery is like they're,
0: they're if you're taking out of the out of the <clears throat> equation these are actors and these are people we're a fly on the wall watching like I feel like it's very difficult to find that guy to be a good person
1: I think the entire film Wes Craven directed Skeet Orich to be very on the nose with the way he's talking to her because it always seems like he's just lying.
0: Yeah, I think that's kind of the thing. It's like again, it, it circles back to the fact that like I feel like it's very easy to determine that he's the killer. I think the real twist isn't Why? that he's the killer. Not even that. Well, yeah, that's a twist too. But I think that the bigger twist about the killer's identity is that there's two of them. Yes. I think that's the bigger the bigger twist, and it, it's kind of like the whole thing, like in Mission Impossible fallout where like it's not you know that this person's a bad guy but it's that everyone knows that he's a bad guy. Yeah. It's it's a misdirecting of what the real reveal is. Um it's just like it, it does really feel sometimes like they're kinda of laying it on a little thick like he feels it feels like it's oh, like yeah. who the fuck else is it gonna be? Like Oh, is it gonna be the dad? It's I- gonna be the dad? Like there's no development to that idea. Deliberately. Yeah. Deliberately it's, yeah. it's not developed because it's it's not something that anybody takes seriously other than the dipshit uh, police chief. But, you know, like, it, it's one of those things where it's like, there's not a lot of options. And this guy is acting sinister most of the movie. You know, there's some stuff where, where, where he, you know, very, like, I like their first scene together. And I think, I think that they're very good in that scene together. I think they have good chemistry. But as an adult, and again, like, this is also coming from a, from a perspective of someone who knows he's the killer. It just feels super duper obvious while I was watching the movie in the theater. I'm just like, I don't know how I could have possibly thought that it was not him.
1: See, my biggest revelation this time in the film is that I thought Ski Ulrich was supposed to be playing like a bad boy. Like, yeah, like from Breakfast Club, like Bender, like clearly an asshole, but he's not like this dude is like frustrated But he's, like, understanding. He's like, no, like, I don't want to break your rule. I understand what you're saying. It's like...
0: He's a a rich boy's son.
1: Like, I thought he was supposed to be a fucking, like, dick. Yeah. Like, he's supposed to be like, I don't give two fucks. The way he's dressed is like a fucking, like, 50s greaser with his hair back. Like, he's supposed to be a bad boy. And when I'm watching the film, like, you're really understanding about things and you're very... Communicative for someone who's supposed to be the dick right now.
0: It's kind of funny. He's only really dressed like that in the poster. Really, like he's not wearing like leather jackets and stuff like that. Like he's no, he's wearing a, like, most of the time. He's just, wearing he's he like, like, has
1: like rolled up sleeves in the intro yeah. too. he's and got like, he's got, like the, the shirt at the end.
0: Yeah, I just think like he's got this blue polo on. He he looks yeah. like a prep boy. He looks like a preppy boy. I think and only he has, that one scene like a preppy stuff. boy. The other scenes Maybe. he
1: looks like he's supposed to be like just kicking it back.
0: I don't think with with his button down, he looks like he's particularly to be a bad boy. But I think when he's he,
1: supposed to be playing a bad boy. But it just but doesn't. The dialogue like, doesn't like. We that's said why before, I don't think he's supposed to be. Like Tatum goes, like he's too perfect. I'm like he's per- he's supposed to. I thought he's supposed to be a dick. How is he perfect?
0: That's what I mean. Though is like I don't think he's supposed to be a bad boy in the movie.
1: I think I, I think they did a bad job structuring his character. Like, there's he clearly has like with the way he's portraying the character like he's supposed to be like the rough kid in school the way he like has his head down has his hair slicked back he looks at people like these are mannerisms that I associate with the bad boy in town but he's supposed to be like what's up guys how's it going and yeah. I, don't, I don't get that vibe at all from him
0: yeah I don't. I don't really outside of like a couple of shots I don't really I never really got the vibe that he was a bad boy
1: I think it's just the mannerisms of the way Skeet Ulrich plays his character.
0: I also think, like, Skeet Ulrich just kind of has that look.
1: He does have that look, 100%. Like,
0: he just kind of looks like that. He does. So, it's like, it's one of those things where it's just like, he's, I think he's just going to be that guy.
1: It's just just weird that, I don't know, I always picture him as being, like, the bad boy character. When I'm watching the film, like, they don't want him to be a bad boy, but he comes across like he's supposed to be. Yeah, like the movie wants you to think like he's a good kid who just gets put in the wrong place and then ends up being a killer, but I don't picture that when I'm watching this movie. He's not being, yeah. he's not acting like that. Skeeter just not portraying the type of character.
0: Yeah, I feel like maybe it's more of a situation of that's the kind of the way that the the, the school probably views him, but in reality, behind closed doors. He's, like, a, a sweet boyfriend who does actually, like, res- respect Sydney to a degree.
1: He respects her. Yeah. As, like, the, her his facade respects
0: her. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say, because it's, like, at the, in the, at the end of the day, like, he it's has a plan. Yeah, like, he has a fake. plan. Yeah. yeah.
1: His whole point is that, like, he's manipulative. Yeah. It, and, like,
0: just... she, she has to suffer for her mother's sins. Yeah. <laughs> But you know, I think, I think that, that his motive is strong. Like, his actual motive. Once you get past the meta shit about how, do I need a motive? he His actual motive makes sense.
1: I don't know. It, it's such a weird... Like, when he's angry, he looks angry. Like, he feels angry. Like, he's mad at yeah. people. And the performance just comes across like a different type of character than I feel like they wanted. And just, like, it's weird. The script does not back up who this person's supposed to be portraying.
0: Yeah, I think I think like with with people like Randy, he's a tough guy. I, oh, when he, when he's with when he's with, I mean, it's, it's kind of gross. He's he's being super duper nice to to Sydney or whatever. Yeah, because he wants to get in her pants, which is gross. But yeah, well, he wants to do
1: it more so because of the movies.
0: Yeah, he wants because like, again, I, he, I genuinely
1: he, think that he doesn't really care about having sex with her, but just wants to get rid of her virginity to make her eligible to die in his mindset.
0: Yeah, again, like, it's all about his his cracked mindset as far as what life really is. Yeah. You know, he even tells her, she's, she says, you know, like, my life's not a movie, and he's like, yes, it is. You just don't get to pick your genre. And she's like, okay, so what's what's your genre? What's her genre? Tragedy, his, I, I guess. His, his fucking I don't genre
1: know. is the fucking psychotic thriller.
0: Yeah, so it's like, he, he does literally it's even at the beginning of the movie like their first scene together where he's saying you know like we, we, we had a relationship it was a, it was a hot and heavy you know R-rated relationship heading on its way to an NC-17 and also he's like and then it feels like I'm kind of edited for. you t- were kind of edited I for television I hate that like, line
1: I it's hate just like that oh shit.
0: okay like it just sows the seeds for the idea like he just does not understand that life is not my movie
1: that dialogue I had forgotten about that so you just mentioned it that shit was so annoying
0: I find the, the part where he says you know I was watching The Exorcist on TV and it kind of got me thinking about you and she's like it did that shit's funny I,
1: it's just the dialogue in the opening with Drew Barrymore's character where they talk about scary movies and shit like that fucking dialogue is perfect it functions perfectly it has a narrative flow to it. it, it the dialogue pushes one scene to the next and has a, a big crescendo to the finale of it. Like you said, it's almost a short film in that intro. And then you take more referential horror dialogue to being like, fucking NC-17, no, it's edited for TV. I'm like, I'm gonna walk in this movie and beat the fuck out of you, dude. Like, <laughs> who the fuck says that shit?
0: Yeah, I mean, I it, it didn't it didn't at all bother me. But I understand why it would bother you. The, um... Yeah, it, it just to like to wrap it back around, like, it is, it does just reinforce the way that that Billy apparently views yeah. existence. Apparently, it's just like, hey, it's a movie. It's just like that's kind of you know it's just part of him being fucking absolutely out of his mind.
1: But, the thing I like the most about uh, referencing how they had a relationship before the murder.
0: Yeah, so it's, they've been together for at least a year.
1: Yeah, I also like the fact that they reference that because. He's been playing this long game because he commits the murder of her mother. Yeah. So I just think making it so much more calculated and thought out is kind of neat for his character. Yeah, I agree. It's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it works. I, I like. Yeah, He's a strong motive. And I think
0: his motive, his motive is very not. Mo- I, won't, I won't say it's sound, but he. I, I understand. Yeah. It's a motive that you understand that someone would do something like this because of that.
1: I also like when they talk about the motive, Stu didn't know that.
0: Yeah. Because you can see Stu be like, what?
1: Yeah, he's like, oh, fuck. He's really crazy. <laughs> Again,
0: like, Stu, Stu doesn't take this seriously.
1: Well, that's like, for a psychology, when there's most cases of killers, there is one who's a, a dominant personality, yeah, and then one who just listens and And, follows
0: and this is very users. accurate to that.
1: Yeah, and that, that's why I like it. Like, it would be cooler if Stu... Did flip a switch and he was more calculated, more like common demeanor. But the way that this plays out is more actually true to how events would be.
0: Yeah, it's very, it's very clear that like Stu doesn't take any of this seriously. But once the motive is brought out into, into view, Stu just like, wait a second, what? Uh, But then again, like like Stu is, yeah, they say like Stu knows that this happened. Like he knows why her mother's dead because he talks about how it's been like oh it's one year yeah they both talk about how it's been one year so it's like he again like he just he completely disassociates the seriousness of the situation and that's why he so just off the walls And like yeah like you were talking about earlier like Matthew Lillard in this he is genuinely a tree in this movie Oh, he's so. Funny. He's I fucking funny. love I don't know. Matthew. I wouldn't Argers. say he's
1: funnier than he's ever been before, but some of his lines are so fucking funny.
0: Oh my god!
1: Like the final shit where he like, like the you phone. hit me with the phone, dick. dick. Yeah, that's so good. Like, are you it's really like, gonna? Are you really gonna call the police?
0: Yeah, you bet your fucking ass I did.
1: Robert, my mom's So, so mad at me.
0: It's all fucking funny. He's and so it's good. like it, it's in the middle of a. Of a <clears throat> Nearly hour long finale that just again like the opening builds and builds and builds and builds until it ends.
1: I like to think that that line was improv. and yes. Like they were gonna film more to the segment, but he says that shit and Wes Craven just goes, "Oh fuck, I need a second Like, hold on, that was really <laughs> yeah. good.
0: Yeah, he, Matthew Lillard's so damn funny in this. And like, it, like I remember, all like, cause he, he was he gets really, really big in that kitchen scene, and he's where he's he's to the point where he's fucking spitting, and he has like a giant puddle of spittle that comes down his fucking chin, and he's still going, he's still performing. It's like that's he's out of his mind in this movie and I love it
1: I'd also like to say that like even if you try to pick apart the way that these characters interact in the beginning of the film he has never once taken the serious nature about people no. being killed the death of, of uh, Sydney's mother all of these things he's never taken seriously or, or really considered so yeah. it's very in character for him to be one of the killers at the end and be like, well, I never fucking give a shit. Yeah, like
0: from the beginning. He's why he's telling, always you know, joked about it. It's, it doesn't he, matter. He's telling Tatum how, like, you know, a woman can't, can't kill a, kill someone like that, you know, can't, you know, gut a, gut a woman like that because yeah. only men can do that. Which is like, okay. And then they start talking about it, like, you yeah, 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 slid them from here to here and you take out the guts or whatever, you hollow them out and then even even you know crazy ass Billy's over here saying you know okay dude let's rain it in a little bit probably because probably because Stu's probably the one who killed her
1: <laughs> the mom no way
0: no 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 the uh, the the, the uh, oh, Casey. Casey Casey I
1: would no he couldn't have been
0: oh no because that's right because because he, cause he was said Tatum. he said that she, they were with with Tatum yeah it would have made sense, though, considering they do t- um say that he, he had dated- a motive. Yeah. So it would have made sense. But yeah, it's it's kind of gross, that whole situation. He doesn't take the fact that Casey is somebody he dated is dead. Yeah. Grotesquely dead, too. He uh, jokes about very it. Very seriously. Yeah. Maybe he, you don't know, maybe he told Billy to do it. It's just like they picked someone that one of them had a grudge against the starter You're like that's just fucking gross
1: it would have almost been nice to have another kill in there that had a, a value to it but like if they replaced the principal kill with somebody else
0: I straight up forgot that the, that the dad made it out of this movie. I thought he died
1: yeah I, I really like the fact that they fucking stole him and just kidnapped him
0: yeah cause it, it, does, the it, does, it, completely, cool. it does completely throw the, the trail right off of them because the the cops take the bait because they cloned his cell phone and all that stuff, and even Dewey says like, could they clone a cell phone? And the, the the chief is just like doesn't even respond. Yeah, just like he's like, nope, this is our guy. It's like it's like anything else. Like, the cops are just like, oh, we found a guy. We can pin this on someone, and we can end this shit.
1: Well, I think the sheriff now. says like it's possible, but this is the only lead we have right now.
0: Yeah, he he just doesn't seem very. Um, he not. He doesn't believe that's the case. Yeah, like dismissive isn't maybe not the correct term, but like he doesn't feel like there's any weight to that. Like, oh, like I was like, oh, is somebody really gonna go through an effort to, to clone someone's cell phone? Well, yeah. the answer is yes. They will. Also, their plan kind of sucks because they're gonna put the. the they're not thinking about this because they again they think it's a movie, but they they're gonna put the, the phone and the, voice changer in his pocket without gloves. So their fingerprints. Well, are the all...
1: biggest, the biggest thing to me was the gloves, because yeah, like the gloves. <laughs> they've, they've, fucking did everything with their fingerprints everywhere. It's like clearly the gloves are going to be like, well, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense it, it, to to make it stylistically look good in the film. Yeah, but if it just had gloves, the plan would work a lot better.
0: But also at the same time, again, like they're not thinking about these things because they're thinking about it like it's a movie. They just think, oh, well, if we do these things, we're just going to get away with and it.
1: they watching Giallo films.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like they, they, they just think they're going to get away with it because they don't understand that this, that what they do in real life. They don't understand that this is real life. And that's just the demented part about them. About them.
1: I, also I, think, t- I also think that they just don't... They see this shit being an up, open, shot case thing that they're not going to do fingerprints.
0: Yeah, like they, just, they, 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 just they think, think they're, they're gonna, like, yeah,
1: they're just not going to even fucking care.
0: Yeah, it won't even be an investigation. It's like, that's not how that works.
1: Well, I think it's because of maybe they did it similarly with the mom or whatever. They're like, we got away with that shit, we'll get away with well, this too.
0: Yeah, I mean, but they... they It's kind of airtight what they did. And also, again, like, it's it, they're, they're counting on the idea that the cops are going to 100% just say this is it. Yeah, and it's just like that's just not how it's gonna happen. Like they had because they didn't just have oh we put this evidence in Cotton's car because Sydney fingered him and said he's the guy who left my house and I, you know killed yeah. my killed my mom. So like that's what that's why that yeah. worked out. Whereas here they don't have the benefit of that.
1: The benefit is them being alive
0: yeah but that's all, but but that's that's, all that's just not, to their conjecture that's all
1: about saying this is what happened
0: yeah so the problem is is that like they're gonna they're still gonna look for evidence because they have to prove that that's the case that's something that's like that's very convenient yeah that's the thing it's like it's so convenient that I think under most circumstances they're gonna double and triple check that shit and if you're gonna plant stuff on people and not wipe your fingerprints off you're fucked. Like, it's over. Like they they, they think they thought this plan out. Not but again, the whole point is that they think that they said movies make killers smarter. It's like that's really not the case. It makes you dumber. But one thing I, I did want I, I wanted to, to mention was I think Marco Beltrami's score is so fucking good in this movie.
1: I think the score is really good. I think some of the needle drop songs take the away soundtrack. from it. The soundtrack takes away from it sometimes. But I think the score is strong.
0: I was actually reminded in the theater, uh, when they when they pull up on Stu's house for the, the party, the Youth of America song. Yeah. I forgot that song even existed. And as soon as it started playing, I, I had a bunch of memories just rush back to me. And I'm like, yes, awesome. It added it to my playlist literally as I walked out of the theater I fucking love that song but I I didn't notice that very many of the of the needle drops nearly as much as school's in some out, other movies the movie. one I
1: noticed the most which one schools out the Alice Cooper song
0: yeah that one's a little bit they do it
1: in a lot of films it's not yeah. like it's a crazy surprise it's not new
0: it's yeah. not new but that's, the only ones I really the only one I really really noticed and reacted to was Youth of America I think that that there are movies after this that definitely get really annoying with needle drops. I
1: but think one I thing think. you've always talked to me about that you should probably mention is how you really like Sydney as a final girl.
0: I think Sydney is actually the best final girl, that there's I possibly ever agree. been.
1: I really like her dimension to her character, but I, I don't know. It, it all comes down to characters reciting dialogue at the end of the day. I don't like the dialogue she's given in the film a lot of the time. I like the character. I like the dimension. I like the the thing she goes through in the film it's just if you change some of her lines I'd like her a whole lot more
0: yeah I, I i don't have any problem with her dialogue honestly but I, I just think that from a pure you know she has an insurmountable task here you know most final girls you know you get to a situation where you get the virginal final girl who you know is quote unquote paying attention because they weren't having sex even though that's rarely the point uh, but Sydney, from f- like the beginning, is on the on the attack and defensive when when someone's coming after her. She is she is very very capable from the beginning. You know she's she's running away, but she's she's being very defensive in her decisions. She's thinking on her feet, and I think that she has more dimension as a character than most final girls do. Not all. I mean, there's there's other ones that have pretty solid dimension, but I think that she has some of the best development in most of slasher movies. I also think that her quality of acting is better than I think most of slasher final girls.
1: I I can't really argue that. I think the actress is a great job. I, think... I have
0: I have a particular stable of favorite ones, and she's definitely my number one. You know, like I, like Rachel Carruthers from from Halloween Four. I love her. I think she's great. Yeah, I think that... Um, I love uh, Amy Steele in Friday Part 2. Yeah, Lori Strode, obviously. I like Laurie Strode. Pick your movie. She's good in most of them except for Halloween 2. Or I should say Jamie Lee Curtis' Lori Strode. Yeah. So definitely specify that. Yeah. I have stables of ones I really like, but I think that... Especially because as a ser- like, I've seen all four movies and I think that she just gets better and better. Uh, maybe not better and better, because three's not a really good... It's a question
1: part. I'd have to really think hard about, but I don't think she's the first one that comes to mind as, as my favorite, but I think she's definitely one of the best. I think as far as acting caliber for a final girl, though, Nev Campbell does a fantastic job, and she's above, if not all of them, a large majority of them.
0: Yeah. I just think that, especially her character, the character of Sydney Prescott... You know, she has a lot of baggage and especially in the finale, it all comes to a head. And especially in a situation like she's in, where she's dealing with not just the fact that she's finding out that her, that not only was she right about Billy, but also Billy killed her mother. He's tormenting her about this. The revelation that her mother was, was actually having affairs with people these are all very soul-crushing things that could honestly just make someone just lay down. But she wins. She fights relentlessly, and I think that that's really strong. Because like a lot, of, a lot of slasher movies. You know, like I love watching slasher movies. We both like watching slasher movies, but rarely I think do, do most characters get as much dimension as I would say Sidney Prescott does. It's kind of unfair, especially because this movie has generally speaking a half hour at least over most slasher movies to give more character work and dynamics to people
1: i i can't really agree because i feel like the film's not over it's not even it's not even two hours long
0: it's hour 50 i'm I'm, I'm, I'm estimating but
1: also she's not in the film for like 10 minutes
0: yeah but at the same time though she is getting consistent like her storyline is progressed through the entire thing and you're learning more about her as the movie's going yeah, on. Yeah,
1: I'm just saying like there's no reason other films can't do as just, as good of a job is what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, I'm just saying that the movie has more time to accomplish all of the things it wants to do, including building characters. You know, like when you have a movie where you're, you're mandated to have a movie that's under 90 minutes, like 85 minutes, it's like yeah. you, you have to prioritize what you're doing and most I would, of the I would time say, that goes to kills.
1: I would say a lot of slasher films do have about an hour and a half though and if yeah most even, of them like I you know said that. if they're prioritizing killing over your character development like like it is what it is not a lot of characters have films that like focuses on the people rather than the killers like some like stepfather you know
0: yeah that's, I mean, that's character whole, based that's the whole thing with scream though is like this is an hour and 50 minute long movie there's
1: in, comparison, guess, yeah, like in comparison
0: yeah in comparison yeah in comparison to other slasher movies they don't focus nearly as much on kills yeah. A lot of it's more so like tormenting Sydney. Yeah. And I think that because of that they do spend more time letting you get to know the character and like automatically setting her up having this interconnected trauma within a town that is not just her issue, not just her baggage, but it was a talk of a small town that people are still talking about a year later that has been brought back up from the depths after another person is murdered you know we're we're living with her as she's you know haunted by this past and i think that that's something that we don't get nearly as much i think especially in like like movies that would come after this too like 90s slasher movies you know you don't i don't think you really get to know people nearly as much as you do in this movie
1: Yeah, I mean, there's films like Hollow Man where they do a pretty decent job of giving the character's dimension.
0: Uh, I was about to say, I I more so meant slasher movies, but Hollow Man's kind of a slasher slasher movie, so, yeah. yeah. But, I I just think that, again, like, you compare this to something like, I mean, you just watch The Mutilator, like, it's not even comparable.
1: That's like 89
0: yeah it's not, I'm, I'm more so saying slasher movies in general now but like yeah you know, it's not even comparable like the character the, the attention to the character in the mutilator versus scream is just like
1: yeah I mean those not existent. most slashers that have low budgets done by like fucking random people just trying to make films you know they're not good movies but they're just people making shit at the end of the day is it is it very good no is it enjoyable to see a film set in a certain decade you can't do again yeah yeah but, yeah, it's not even comparable to the amount of success or just creativity in screen.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, I like we, we've talked about this before. Like, I don't generally need to have, like, super-duper deep characters in slasher movies.
1: You need a uh, likability at the very
0: least. Yeah, likable characters is good enough for me at that point. As long uh, as I enjoy watching these people. They, I would say it, feel, it feels at least like we take more time than usually but maybe that's just because we get more of it in bursts.
1: I, I mean, they do a good job between giving characters screen time. I mean, I feel like Randy is not nearly in it as much as I remembered him being in it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's because everyone thinks that when everyone thinks about Scream, the first thing I think about is the the rules scene.
1: Yeah. And it's like uh, he's
0: he's kind of just there sometimes. It's Tatum one of the is a much
1: things better about. friend character than I remember. She's actually very good. Yeah. She's very likable. Her death is the only death really that has impact in the movie.
0: She's very per- protective of of Sydney. Of, uh, of Sydney, especially when the media comes after her.
1: Yeah. I like Dewey more this watch. I liked Courtney Cox's character less.
0: Yeah, you're not supposed to think like of much.
1: Yeah, you're not supposed to, but I just find yeah. her portrayal to be annoying. She's supposed to be annoying. Yeah. I I get it. It's she a, she gets
0: better. Yeah. I know you haven't seen uh, 2, 3 or 4 but she, she definitely is a character that proves
1: I guess final thoughts then
0: I fucking love this movie uh, and all all seeing this. The, I'm the exact reverse of you seeing this in the theater last night only reinforced how much I love it
1: I don't think you're the exact opposite of me on that I think I feel the exact same way what it reinforced exactly what I thought about the film
0: well I'm saying that it reinforced for you the things you don't well I guess, I guess no I reinforced it the things the I like too yeah, yeah. but it, I know that it, it reminded me how much of this movie I like and even even um, you know obviously now that we, you know, we've been doing this podcast and the past couple years we've been watching a, a horror movie a day or or um, you know talking about horror movies constantly since you know the first time I saw this movie to now I pick up on a lot more of the shit they're talking about like I, I didn't know what the fuck the town that dreaded sundown was back when I first saw this movie I had no idea that that was a movie but You know, it it is kind of. I I do find the Easter egg hunt. It's not really an Easter egg hunt. They do shove it in your face.
1: Yeah.
0: But uh, I, I do find the a lot of the references to be cheeky. I do like the fact that they do use a lot of this whole like meta idea as a in my opinion as a smoke and mirrors to the real point, which is everyone has been throwing this vitriol at horror movies for so long about how they're all the same movie. And how they all follow the same formula, and what what are we gonna do? We're gonna completely throw that out of whack. And I think that that's kind of I think that's why it all works for me, is because it is kind of counter to what I think most people think the movie really is. And again, you know, I think that Sydney is possibly the best final girl of all time. The acting's all really good. The Score's fantastic. I think the dialogue's mostly snappy. There's some shit that's a little bit annoying. I think the movie's perfectly paced. I think this is definitely one of the strongest horror movies in the 90s, for sure. And I absolutely adore this movie. So,
1: I definitely say it's one of the strongest films in the 90s for horror.
0: Yeah, but you don't like 90s
1: horror. <laughs> Doesn't change the point.
0: Like this, It's like this and Nightbreed.
1: <laughs> yeah, Nightbreed's way better.
0: Yeah, and I, I know how much you like Nightbreed more. Yeah, I, I not think not that, that I don't adore Nightbreed. I love, love them.
1: I I still think that it's a well crafted film. I like a lot of the components of it. I would change a lot of the dialogue. A lot of it's insufferable. So just everything coming down to it being like a movie is part of the plot, but it's just too in your face about it. Sometimes it comes off to reflecting about yes, maybe. Is how people see horror films and they think they know everything but this doesn't but at the same time i think that weighs into saying a lot of the time this is horror films but this one is different and that's why this one is better and i feel like the movie leads itself too much into that direction where i feel like it's almost praising itself more than praising the genre and it takes away for, for me personally i would never say someone should enjoy this movie i think people should watch it, make up their own mind, because it's a lot of fun. And, yeah, you know, I, I feel the same way when you left the theater saying it reinforced exactly what I thought about the film. It heightened all the things that I liked about it. All the good shit in this movie is not just good, it's really fucking good. But all the things I don't like are not just bad. To me, they're really fucking annoying. So, I left the theater feeling the same but stronger about my feelings on this film which you should after seeing a a film in theater you should have a strong opinion on these films or any film you see really So it's a a different experience yeah 100% and I'm really glad I saw it in theaters it was a great experience and I wish people would go out to see more films like this in theaters have that experience make up their own mind you know I don't love a lot of this shit but the things that are good are ridiculously good. And it changed horror in the nineties for better or for worse. It is what it is. And if this wasn't going to do it, some other film would have done it. And it probably would have been a worse film. So I'm glad this film did it.
0: It's interesting too, because we, we both
1: actually, our... I know another film would have done it. A fucking, I know what you did last summer. Did it, and they did it worse.
0: Well, that movie wouldn't exist without this movie.
1: Yeah, but I'm sure
0: it's written by the same man.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but, uh, I actually think it's kind of funny because, you know, we're talking about the meta-commentary in this movie and how much we do or don't like it, and this isn't Wes Craven's first time around on the uh, the old meta-commentary no, bandwagon. because Nightmare. Yeah, and New Nightmare is fucking awesome.
1: I love yeah. New Nightmare. Yeah I, fucking,
0: uh, yeah, I fucking love New Nightmare. So it's like, this is not his first attempt, but this one significantly more higher profile. I think that this one's easier for people to go and watch than, I think New Nightmare is a little bit more, uh,
1: it's more convoluted
0: it's one of those movies where like uh, this movie is very much heightened yeah. by how much fun you're trying to have with it whereas New Nightmare is not particularly fun no not nearly as fun at least so I this don't is think a much the easier... meta-textual
1: stuff is nearly as important in New Nightmare
0: because it's less about horror movies and more about literally specifically the franchise of Nightmare on Elm Street yeah. and um, Hollywood for these people yes so it's very specific to that but it is just kind of fun that he's done this he did this before it didn't work and then he did it again because this movie's a lot more slick and aimed at teenagers yeah we're not people going to see it's aimed
1: at slashers yeah like we're not here for that demographic
0: yeah like we're not here to really think about it so much
1: yeah when this film came out it was not long after shit like Jason goes to hell and shit yeah
0: 93 was Jason goes to hell this is 96. 96. And Freddy's dead. And uh, then New Nightmare came out yeah. in the 90s. New Nightmare uh, was 93, wasn't
1: it? Or 94. 94. Or
0: 94. Yeah, 94. Yeah. It, was, it was not that. It's was, it was probably right before he prepped this, honestly. So it's kind of funny. He did He's pretty much back to back. And one of them, not successful. One of them, extremely successful.
1: So find score? Cool.
0: 9.5 out of 10. Yeah. 7. I fucking I love this movie so much. I'm happy. I I don't get to see very many classic movies in theaters. You know, we we went to go. We tried to go see. Dracula I would have and seen one
1: every week this year or this month. I would have seen one a week. And yeah, I've seen only one. Yeah, because we got fucked we were, twice.
0: We were gonna see Dracula and Frankenstein back to back in theaters, but the projection was fucked, so we didn't get to see that. And then we were gonna go see Evil Dead.
1: That was my own fault. I had. Other plans that were more important, and I didn't I would, realize I double booked. So yeah, I is.
0: couldn't, I couldn't go because I was sick. I didn't feel good. I didn't feel like I could really go see the movie. So I, I missed that. I'm really sad I missed that because that would have been really fun in the theater. I wish that every fucking day they had a, a class. Somebody would throw classic horror movies in theaters or classic movies in general that you could just go and watch them in theaters because it really does. You know, everyone talks about the theater, theatrical experience and how it changes things for you. And they're like, ah, it's not that important. It, it really is. It really does change it. I think it really can put you in a very different mind space when you're going to see a movie. And I think it can either improve a movie or it can at least reinforce the things that you enjoy about the movie or dislike about the movie. But I feel like it's kind of hard for your attention to wane. at least for me at least, because there's plenty of people who are on their phones in the theater, but I feel like it's very difficult to Lose attention to a movie that is literally completely across your entire vision space. The darkness, the sound surrounding you—I feel like it's kind of hard to not be transfixed. And for Scream, I think that that maybe that improved the movie exponentially for me even more than I already loved it. And I, I just—I would love to see what other movies would look like on a big screen that I never got to see because either they came out before I was born or I missed them. Yeah.
1: I feel the same way. I'm sure I'll next year we'll show. have more. I feel like the only good thing about the pandemic is it's put more movies coming out nowadays than ever for bringing back films.
0: Yeah, because you brought me to see uh, King Kong. That was my first time seeing King Kong ever. I saw it in the Uh first King started.
1: Kong. I- I've seen quite a lot in theaters for older films now.
0: Yeah, because you've hiked up to Salem and stuff like yeah. that. I that was my first time seeing Night of Living Dead. That was another really fun like, I've seen movie to Creature.
1: Watch uh. I've seen Bride of Frankenstein in a church. Uh, nice. What else have I seen? I've seen House. I would have liked to see Alice Sweet oh, Alice yeah. this month, but I'm not going to be able to see that. that I'm sucks. really mad I that... I really love that movie.
0: I'm really mad that that couple years back I wasn't able to get up to Salem to see uh, Suspiria on the big screen. I feel like that would just be magic. Pure magic.
1: Yeah. The, Cinema too. Salem does a lot, though. This this year, they've already done... like. A new specialty film every week.
0: Yeah, just like going to Salem in October is a nightmare.
1: Well, that's why I'm not going to see Alice out. I would yeah. love to. Like, I, if yeah. I was going to see a film in theaters right now, I'd love to see that one. Yeah, be fucking is, amazing. But the, it's, the problem it's October is, October twenty fourth or some shit.
0: Having to fight through that traffic, I just I can't. No matter what movie they're playing, I can't do it. It's just it's too it's too much. People are everyone's going there. Everyone goes to Salem in October, and it's just an absolute nightmare to go around.
1: Yeah, it's not worth it.
0: I just wish local theaters would do this shit, man. Like I don't wanna have to like I don't I don't wanna have to wait for anniversaries for movies to see these things. Like these are things that you should continuously keep in public consciousness, reminding people these movies exist, they're they're classics for a reason, people should have immediate theatrical access to them because it does really change things for people.
1: And people should just go see films more often. You know, oh, yeah. we talk about wanting it to happen more, but the problem is that nobody else cares. Like yeah. when, we, when we saw Dracula, nobody we else the was two. there. Yeah, we were nobody the only two people who
0: did. Actually, when we were when we were leaving, there were people who were going to see it. I heard them talking, so there were going to be more people. They were going to be late, but there was going to be more people. But they saw us getting our refunds, and they're like, "Oh, yeah." So, yeah.
1: Well, <clears throat> the next film we're going to cover is Saw. Uh, we'll have a decent time talking about that oh we had a good time we, 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 had, we, had we a great already time. did it so. Well, we know we, <laughs> we had, we know a, we had, had, had to, a good time
0: yeah we had to re-record it but it was actually kind of like a godsend that we had to re-record it because the second time around was
1: it was really good i mean the first time better. was good too but i, I yeah. think the next episode is genuinely going to be a really fun one yeah and then our last episode is also going to be a good talking about i i just might watch the film again because it's already been i'm gonna
0: so i'm gonna re-watch it yeah
1: i just should
0: a, a new, I don't a new need release. to dude I got have a
1: fucking I audio on Cause I've I, heard I, everything
0: it. I watch that movie At least four times a year I don't need to Like I don't need to To rewatch it But I'm gonna oh, Thank you I'm gonna watch it with a, with a commentary I've never watched it with a commentary The first time I ever watched a movie With a commentary Was when we did um, Friday Part 4 Ever Really? That's yeah, the first time I ever heard a commentary I've so watched I a like, lot
1: of films with commentaries
0: Well I always say to myself I'm like, Oh if I'm gonna watch a movie I should well, just watch a fucking we, movie We
1: can't do this so, I gotta edit yeah. this shit We gotta get this shit done Alright we'll talk about that shit later man yeah. So Thanks a lot for joining us for Scream I hope you have a good time I hope you watch the film You know besides my thoughts on it That are very skewed Because of the films I enjoy And the things I've partaken in Like Mike said There's a lot of people That can go into this film Have a really good time you know, not think, not have this shit be tough to digest, but just really kick back, have popcorn, and enjoy it, and I hope you, I hope you have that experience, I hope you have a great time, you watch this film, you listen to this episode, and say, you know what, I'm gonna go over, I'm gonna watch these killers, have a good time, and then just fucking, you know, also, kill your virgin girlfriend, all right, catch you later, bye-bye.